welcome to another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast sectional week. Whoop whoop. Heck yeah. Roll Tide. All that stuff. Austin Huff with you. Evan Lee Pack sitting across the aisle from me, as always. Or a room. It's not really an aisle. Sitting 200 feet away. Sitting somewhere <laughs> over there. <laughs> sitting approximately 6 to 200 feet away. Evan Lee Pack. Evan. Uh, how are you? We got, you know what? I was going to say, how are you today? But I got a vibe that I, you know, we've a little, a little somber. We had some uh, breaking news from the NFL world that was broken on Saturday, but then unbroken, but then rebroken today. Tuesday, Jan- February 1st, 2022, the greatest human being of all time, Tom Brady, has retired from the NFL. Uh, Obviously, we all know his accomplishments, but uh, Evan, you, you, the floor is yours. You got to experience him as your team's starting quarterback for two years. Uh, you have a little bit more of a personal connection, obviously, to watching the Brady greatness. So, uh, floor is yours to talk about the impact Tom Brady had. What a whirlwind. Wow. Mm-hmm. The last two seasons have been uh, pretty amazing, obviously. We won uh, 29 of the 39 games he played in. And the 10 years prior, we probably won 29 games total. (laughs) So, uh, brought a Super Bowl to Tampa. Brought us to the divisional round this year with the the best, you know, regular season record we ever had. Obviously, the extra game helped. But 13-4. Took us back. It was 27-6. I mean, that that ends up being his last game. 27-3. Yeah, even worse, 27-3. And that ends up being his last game. And, uh... I mean, at least it was interesting. He went out with a bang in a way. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have anything else to prove. He doesn't need to come back for another year. There's no point. Obviously, I would like that. He's been playing in the NFL for 22 seasons. He has seven Super Bowls. You know, what, five Super Bowl MVPs. You know, the accolades go on and on. He'll be be the easiest first ballot Hall of Famer ever chosen in Mm -hmm. the history of the NFL. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it's sad now because my team is not going to be as good anymore. <laughs> so it's back to another decade of purgatory for the Bucks. But, uh, but yeah, it was really cool. I'm glad I didn't get a Brady jersey because I knew he was only going to be here for a couple of years because what's the point? But everybody else is Brady. Now you're just going to see mean, Brady jerseys and Raymond James for forever now because of his two years. But wouldn't have it any other way, you know, to say that. We got him. It was, pretty, it was pretty awesome to get to experience his greatness in person a few times. So, it is what it is. Maybe the Bucks will uh, end up with Aaron Rodgers now or Russell Wilson or something like that. <laughs> you know, you know, if they got Aaron Rodgers, I think the world would melt. I think sports talk, like TV shows, and the, it, you know, would just cease to exist. It wouldn't know how to function if Aaron Rodgers went to Tampa and replaced Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. Um, Florida has pretty lax COVID rules, so, I mean, maybe. No state income tax. Maybe, either. maybe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, I, you know, everyone kind of knows all the stats, you know, with Brady, and we've all experienced it. So, don't have to run down, you know, the accolades. You already kind of did anyway, but, you know, one to ten Super Bowls, and the three that he lost, I mean, he was right there. They didn't get blown out in any of them. Lost by you know, three to the Giants both times or whatever, and five or six points to the Eagles, you know, in a game where he threw for 500 yards. Like, he also went out 
still in his prime. It wasn't like he was Ben Roethlisberger no, right. or Drew Brees, and they were <laughs> sucking their last were year. <laughs> he was like first first in the league in passing yards and touchdowns he, this he year. He probably could have had two more seasons if he wanted to do it. He could have probably played two more. I think he was. He looked at that schedule for the Bucks next year, and he said, "Well." I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I think he also looked at his supermodel wife that stays at home all the time, and it's like, you know, I wouldn't mind spending more time with her. He does also have, like, three companies now that he, like, co-founded. So yeah. He's, he'll be busy doing other things. He he He's not even the breadwinner of his family, probably. Like, I bet you Giselle makes more money than him as a supermodel. We'll see. Not anymore. I mean, Giselle definitely now makes more money because he's retired, so... He doesn't have that steady income anymore of, you know, $25 million from the Buccaneers. He's going to make or, a lot from all his other side gigs now. He'll probably do TV, too, I bet. He'll probably do something on TV. Maybe. I could see him being a studio guy. Maybe like a Peyton Manning, where Peyton Manning has like his own little show with Eli and, you know, all these things. But Whenever Terry Bradshaw leaves, he can go on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Bradshaw, I don't think he's ever leaving, man. He's just chugging along. Uh, you know, obviously, you know... It, Probably Rob Gronkowski, I would say, follows suit and retires as well. So in five years, they're going to have a Hall of Fame class of Brady, Gronk, and Roethlisberger. That's pretty good. Yes. Roethlisberger's probably third. Gronkowski is also probably leaving, obviously. How is he not a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's Gronkowski? Uh, yeah, he's arguably the greatest tight end in NFL history. Yeah, that's going to be a good class. It's going to be Gronk, Brady, and Roethlisberger. Yeah. Poor Roethlisberger, though. He's, yeah. He was going to be the highlight of the, his <laughs> Hall of Fame class. Canton, Canton's right near Pittsburgh, too. Not so. anymore. No, he's like, he's not even going to be second to last. Like, they're going to go Gronk. They're going to want to split up the quarterbacks, you know. They're not going to go Roethlisberger, Brady, back-to-back, so. Maybe they should. Yeah, I feel bad whoever has to, like, follow up Brady's Hall of Fame speech. No one's following <laughs> Brady. Brady's going on last. He's going to go last. No, yeah, Brady's going on last. Come on. Uh, so, yeah, Tom Brady. Uh Done from the NFL as of now, uh, retiring. You know, you never know. It's gonna feel. You always. Brett Favre ruined it. You know, for us with like the whole. Oh, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't come back. You know, at some point thing. So you never know. Yeah, I forgot that he actually retired, but then he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. Anymore. Yeah, Brett Favre retired at least two or three times. So <laughs> he had a couple tearful uh, press conferences. So, but. Hey, he proved that he could still play a couple years old in Minnesota. He was pretty solid. So, But, uh, yeah, Brady, greatest of all time, no doubt about it. Uh, every number says so. And, uh, yeah, so congratulations on a legendary career, Tom. I know you're listening, so thank you. It's going to be a lot of season tickets up for sale for next Glenn, year. Glenn's going to sell his season tickets? <laughs> he might. I don't know. You're not going to make a profit off them at this point, so. Yeah, definitely not. So, so he might as well just hang on to him and go. Mm-hmm. Unless they're good. The NFC South. But they could still be decent. The NFC South is very wide open. Right. It's not like they're. They could, if they get the right quarterback in there, they could still be pretty solid. Like, they still have a good core. They're not going to be what they've been the last two years, but they're still. You know, Mike Evans is still there. So. I'll take a 10 7 uh, wildcard year. 10 7 might be good enough to win the NFC South, to be honest. Yeah, the Saints are in limbo with no Sean Payton. The Falcons are, bad. who knows what they're doing. They're always bad. Panthers are bad. Panthers are bad, yeah. NFC South, gross. Bad. Gross. <laughs> used to be like uh, the highlight speak- of the NFL. One of the best divisions in the NFL, now it's not. Speaking of bad, Notre Dame basketball, 
men's basketball. Played the Dukies last well, night. Uh, we will get to the local sports, by the way. We're going to lead with the national stuff because we have a lot of high school sports stuff coming up, including an interview with John Harrell. So stick around. John Harrell. The historic and venerable. The legendary John, John Harrell. <laughs> historic and venerable John Harrell. Uh, just be on the lookout for that interview with him at the end of the podcast. Anyway, uh, quickly before we get into that, we'll talk about Notre Dame. Unless you want to talk about the NFL playoffs first, because we're already in the football mode. Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. Joe Burr. He saved us from having to see the Chiefs in another Super Bowl. So thank thank you to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. First Super Bowl in 33 years. Shout out Jimmy Garoppolo for being bad. So he lost you know himself the game at the end. So we didn't have to watch him play in the Super Bowl. So we got to see Matt Stafford in his first ever Super Bowl in his 13th year. So. I like the I like the Bengals story, man. Team of destiny, it feels like. You know, it's gonna be a fun Super Bowl. I think. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, there's a lot of points. You know. Bet the under. Nothing was because you said that. <laughs> nothing was worse than the uh, 10-3 Patriots Rams game a couple years ago. The game was gross. <laughs> it's so bad. Kind of like last night's game in Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Anyway, we, we teased Notre Dame before we kind of got back to it. Notre Dame. Uh, not great last night. You were there. Lost to Duke. Uh, Here's an idea of how it went. They shot 19% in the first half. 6 of 32. Had 14 points at halftime. At home in a ruckus. I can say rocking crowd, you know. The student section was dope. I mean, Mm. it's great. There wasn't a ton of Duke fans. There were Duke fans, but there wasn't like overwhelming. Kentucky was kind of overwhelming. There was more Kentucky fans. But so yeah, they had a great opportunity on a big stage to uh, really build their resume for the NCAA tournament in six weeks, and they uh, completely laid Nick. Yeah, I and I posted that on Twitter after the game. Like, I don't think it could have gone any worse for them. The defense played decent. Duke only had fifty-seven points. Yeah, it was good. Defense. Kept them in the game. They're only down thirteen at halftime, which is like, you know, they're lucky they're not down thirty. Mm-hmm. But uh, they never got it going on offense. Yeah. So, and you know, there's all these NBA prospects there, or prospects scouts, um, to watch the NBA prospects, because uh, ESPN. You, you obviously were in the, the arena, but yeah, I think ESPN said at least 20 times that there were 27 scouts there. So I remember that number forever. It's 27 scouts at this game watching the game. They did two sideline reports with the ESPN like lead uh, NBA scout draft guy too. His name escapes me, but he was, was there. Was it Banchero? Paulo? Paulo Banchero? Because I heard Bancaro. they were not pronouncing the ch like over the intercom, but then the, the PA. Bray said Banchero. Anyway, a lot of scouts were there to but watch. He was the best player on the court by far. A lot of scouts were there to watch Banchero and obviously Blake Wesley from Notre Dame, and then Wesley laid an egg. Dane Goodwin, too. What the heck? That was Literally, bad. he actually had zero points. Dane Goodwin had zero points. Didn't score at all. Bad. Blake Wesley, bad. Like, there was just a couple moments in that game. I think the defending, definitive moment for me early in the game was, or in the first half, it was later in the first half, but, like, Goodwin had a, basically a wide-open layup, but he, but he was kind of coming off a weird angle off the baseline, and he threw, like, this is a, you make the shot 95% of the time. Even at a weird angle, it's a, it's a layup, essentially, and it, like, went off the side of the rim and, like, didn't go down, and it was, like... Deflating. couldn't buy a bucket to save their lives, so... The rims were unkind. Sorry, I dropped my phone on the... Now they have Miami on Wednesday night. So right. Two days rest against the number one team in the ACC. 
still think Duke's the best team in the ACC, yeah. but as of now, according to the standings, Miami is a game ahead at 8-2. and two. Miami beat Duke on the road, so they deserve that spot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's not – I mean, that's a great opportunity for a good win, but uh, on the road, it's going to be tough. On two days rest, not great. You know, it's going to be bad. Um, yeah, because obviously the Duke – Duke game got moved to yesterday because they were supposed to play on New Year's Day, but Duke had COVID issues. Got moved to January 31st, so now Notre Dame has to go Saturday, like this past Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, this upcoming Saturday. So four games in like eight days, seven days, you know, not kind. Uh, but, hey, if you're going to be a tournament team, you got to like win. You know, if they win these next two, if they beat Miami Wednesday and they win, I think it's NC State on Saturday, you know, they're they're still alive. Like they're not completely dead from the tournament talk. Obviously, like they're still a decent team. But last night would have been like, okay, they're definitely in. As of now, like now, for me, it's like they gotta basically not win out, but they gotta lose maybe one game, two games max down the stretch. Otherwise, I don't think we're they're gonna get in, uh, barring an ACC tournament win, obviously. Would you agree with that? If they don't win on Wednesday, they're not getting in. That that might be true. Do they play, did they get Miami back at home? I forgot about the schedule. They play Florida out. State and they play Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Florida State's, you know, not it's an edgy quality win at this point. It's not really quality. Wake Forest would be at this right. point. Their best win right now is Kentucky, like by far, because Kentucky looks really good. They also beat UNC, so and UNC, but Kentucky for sure. And Kentucky's top five now in the current ranking. So, be Kansas by 100. So, 18. Whatever. You knew what I meant. <laughs> it felt like 100. So, uh, yeah. yeah. If they can, if they end up losing to Miami, win all the games they're supposed to win, pick up a win against Wake Forest, and then pick up a couple wins in the ACC tournament, that'll probably get them in. Right. They're going to have to play basically flawless basketball from here on out. To make it. Yeah, if they lose to, like, Pittsburgh or something, that'll really ruin them. Yeah. Because Pittsburgh's very bad. They almost lost to them earlier this year. They beat him at the buzzer. Yeah. So, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. But, uh, anyway, that's that's that. Let's, uh, let's pivot. Let's pivot to our local stuff, local sports. Busy weekend this past weekend. We'll kind of recap as much of this as possible. We'll start with the uh, biggest thing in terms of, you know, meaningful meaningfulness, and that was the sectional wrestling tournaments around the area that we had. We had three sectionals, uh, Plymouth, West Noble, and Elkhart locations. Uh, by the way, the score, the final scores in these were really tight. Uh, the top top spot, Elkhart won the Elkhart sectional by .5 points over Jimtown. Basically, the slimmest of margins you can do it in wrestling. Plymouth won the Plymouth sectional over Wallasey by one point, also pretty pretty darn slim. And DeKalb beat Prairie Heights at the West Noble one by two. So, pretty good competitive wrestling uh, all, all around. Uh, we had a total of 62 wrestlers advance to regionals. Uh, not going to read all 62 off right now. That would be a lot, and I would be tired. No what do you think, like a, like a third of those go to state? You think? Maybe, if we're lucky. Maybe <laughs> maybe like uh, in between 10 and 20. I would say we'll get 5 to 10 to go to state. That's crazy. 
So here, I just want to read off the sectional champs. We had 14 sectional champions, so I'll try to make this quick. Uh, Concord had Armin Kultukian at 195 pounds. Congratulations. Lakeland had two sectional winners over at the West Noble sectional. Gabe Miller at 138. Brad, Brady Shifley at 152. Uh, Northridge over at Elkhart sectional. Jasper Graber, 132. Kale Arroyo, 152. Northwood had three sectional winners over there at Elkhart as well. Caden Lone at 160, uh, former Coach News Athlete of the Week winner. Cheap plug for Athlete of the Week. Go vote. Uh, Trey Tobias, 182 pounds. Isaac Benjamin, 220 pounds. Caden uh, and Isaac were uh, repeat sectional champs, so congratulations to them. Wawasee had four sectional winners down at Plymouth. Caleb Salazar, 106. Dylan Tom, 126. Ethan Rodriguez at 145. And Cameron Zimmerman at 170. Also Athlete of the Week nominee, shout out. And West Noble had two sectional champs. Uh, 182 from Nolan Parks and Peter Bradley at 195. So congratulations to all of them. Uh, all of our sectional advancers to regional, they will compete at the Goshen Regional this Saturday, minus my, uh, Wawasee. Wawasee goes to the Penn Regional. So I will actually be going to the Penn Regional because Wawasee sent 12 wrestlers. It's enough in my mind to go cover them, and then we will have Steve Croth. Uh, be at the Goshen Regional, following along all those guys. Hey, you're you're at Go- you're at girls swimming sectional on Saturday, bud. So I don't know why you're fist pumping right there. So we're all covering two things on Saturday. So because you know girls basketball sectionals are this week. So yeah, I know I'm covering two things. You're covering swimming and then a basketball final at night. I'm aware. Yeah, we're all covering two things on Saturday. I know. Grind never. I wasn't stopped. even fist pumping. You were doing a little fist bump, it looked like. There's not even... You were any, doing like an air guitar fist bump thing. There's no evidence over these airwaves that I did Yeah, that. I mean, no one listening at home knows, but my eyes saw it. So. Literally, it's just your word against every, uh, mine and everyone else's, because well, no one else knows. People people trust the editor, I think. You know. Yeah, because you get the tips. You get I all do. the tips of the breaking news. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. I didn't write this down on my uh, notes. Uh, there's a new athletic director at Goshen High School. Yeah. Jim Pickard. Speaking of tips. You're welcome. Larry Kissinger, no longer the athletic director at Goshen High School. Jim Pickard has replaced him. Uh, Goshen Community Schools is saying that Larry retired. We'll go with that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Jim. I like Jim. You know, been at the school system for 30 years now. And, obviously, he's the wrestling coach and been around the athletic programs as Whole time there, PE teacher when he first was brought in, became the assistant principal eventually. Now he's the athletic director. Um, you know, he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows the school, obviously. He knows the lay of the land. His whole family went there. His sons are assistant coaches with him now. His grandkids are running around at events. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Jim. Um, so, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So there you go. So, he's got 13 wrestlers competing at regionals this weekend. No sectional champions for Goshen, but they sent the most wrestlers to regionals of any team we cover. So, there you go. They have some dudes. And a chick, Maria Rescalvo, 106 pounds, going to the regional. Is that the lightest weight? Yes. I figured. Yeah. 106. Uh, NLC Boys Swimming. So the next big thing from this past weekend, Concord kind of cruised to victory. No drama needed. 
Uh, they're pretty good. They're the deepest team in our area. They won seven of the 12 events. Cole Stevenson, Athlete of the Week nominee, won four of them. Shameless uh, plug. Couple, I know, shameless plug, cheap plug. A uh, couple relay wins for him, a couple individual wins. Uh, Northwood, kind of surprised. Jim, Jim, not Jim, not Jim Han, RIP Jim Han. Joe Han won the 50, 50 free and the 100 free. Also closed the final leg of the 200 uh, 200 free relay, which was by far the best race of the night, the day. Um, Northwood won, and they were there were four teams: Northwood, Concord, Goshen, and Wawasee. Northridge, Northwood, Concord, Wawasee. Sorry, those four all finished within point three three seconds of each other. It's pretty amazing. It's a fun race. They all touched pretty much at the same time. Northwood got the win, and then. Han, who closed it out, did the, uh, you know, are you not entertained arm pose afterwards. I bet Cheryl Hawkins was happy. Cheryl Hawkins was named NLC Boys Swimming Coach of the Year. So, Northwood, you know, they, they hadn't had an individual boys swimmer win in 21 years at the NLC championships. They had a diver a couple years ago, Caden Jenkins. But in terms of, like, physically swimming, that was their first winner in two decades. It's an easy choice, then, for... Swim, swimmer yeah. of the year, coach like, of the year. Because obviously, like, Concord's really good, and Tom Johnson could win it. Tom Johnson was the... He could win every year. He was the boys... I think he was the boys swimming coach of the year last year, or girls swimming coach of the year, like, in the state. He was one of those. Yeah, he won coach of the year for one of them in the state last year. I remember that. So, like, you know, he might win it again this year because Concord girls are really good. So, we'll talk about them here in a second, actually. So... Oh, yeah, so boys, you know, they take a couple-week hiatus here, really. Uh, some teams have a couple meets here and there, but uh, really all focus goes for them. The sectional is on uh, February 17th and 19th, so that's when we kind of focus in because the girls take center stage the next couple weeks. So, Yes, sir. Speaking of girls swimming, here we go. Sectionals are this week. We hope to have prelims on Thursday. We'll see with the uh, snow coming in. Probably won't have anything on Thursday, to it's a be winter honest. storm. But we'll see. Uh, as of now, the current state ranking projections, if we're going to play it out through state, have uh, Concord finishing as, as the third-ranked team in the state, Northridge eighth, and Wawasee ninth. So three top ten teams will be at that sectional on Saturday over at Concord. And, uh, you know... Obviously, a very competitive. There'll be a lot of a lot of competitive races. All three relays are going to be close. It looks like um, diving. Diving. You have, you know, Giselle Miller, Caitlin Simons from Northridge, first and second in the state. Uh, Evie Long is sixth in the state from Northridge in diving. Riley Robinson is fourth from Concord in diving. So, like, four of the top six divers in the state are going to be at Concord. That's pretty impressive. It's a pretty good chance that uh, one of those. We're going to get a, a state diving winner from mm-hmm. one of our area schools. Yeah. I mean, it's really impressive. Um, you know, Concord, all three of Concord's relays are top three in the rankings. Um, they're second in both the 200 medley and the 200 or the 400 free and the third in the 200 free. Uh, Kieran Stauffer is ranked in the top eight in two events. Grace Brenneman's ranked in top five in two events. Uh, Ella Lance is six in the hundred backstrokes. Like they're going to be in the state. These are state rankings, you know, not just sectional rankings. Like, you know, they're they're loaded. Um, Sydney Nethercut from Northridge, you know, could have another big weekend. She's top eight in the two hundred and this five hundred. 
Um, and then while we see the Mishler sisters, you know, Julie is sixth in the 50 and 12th in the 100. Alexis is 10th in the 50, 8th in the 100, 9th in the 100 yeah. back. So they stood out for Wallacey at the uh, NLC Girl right. Championships. I believe, uh, was it Julie who tied with Brenneman for uh, the NLC Championship win? So, you know, it's going to be pretty competitive racing over there on Saturday. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Should be pretty exciting. And, you know, it's going to be fun to see where they go, uh, you know, in two weeks, too. So we're actually going to have some stories on that coming up this week. Uh, little previews of sectional, kind of, but also more so just the state outlook. Because now we're at that time of the year where uh, we can focus in on state. It might have been Alexis. One of the Michelers. <laughs> one of the Michelers tied Grace Brenneman. We no, apologize. No, I, did I, not write that, I did not write that down. Uh, before I came in, I apologize. So I, sh- I should have done that. But bottom line, both Michler and Brenneman quality tied. swimmers. Both the right. Michlers. Michler and Brenneman tied. And they're both good swimmers. So both Michlers are good. Brenneman's good. It's gonna be fun to watch it. Watch them compete against each other at sectional, and then see what they can do at the state state meet. So yes, uh, boys basketball. Evan, I'm giving you the lead on this. Um, I'm gonna quickly. I'm gonna quickly talk about uh, Northwood, and then we can get on to the rest of the stuff because you you kind of covered most of the rest of the things. Northwood boys basketball. Uh, just in, by the way, very good, uh, very very good. Cade Brunner might be a good might be a good basketball player. Uh, 31 points, nine rebounds. Northwood dispatches Warsaw, 70 to 51. They dispatched them. Dispatched them. Uh, wasn't ever really a game. Northwood was up 7 nothing, 100 seconds in, and the gym was crazy. I mean, that was probably one of the best environments I've covered a game in. Yeah, um, you're welcome. I said, okay, you can take it. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what you said. Uh, no, I, I, I took that game. Uh, from, from my clutches. Hey, look, just because I set that schedule. From November, the schedule. <laughs> the November, that was a November schedule, and I, you got to wait for it to play out, and then I'm going to, you just know. just slipped right through my fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I gave you Westview Fairfield, man. So you got you got the rivalry. So it was okay. It was good. That was actually a good game. Yeah, came down the wire. You got a good game and a rivalry game. So the whatever. Whistler was there. The Whistler was there. We ex- talked about him last week. My ears hurt a little bit after. <laughs> Slightly deaf now. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't that close to me. No. Uh, yeah. So Northwood, by the way, just I mean, I I've said it before. You know they. They're so balanced, you know, and the thing that sets them apart, other than just being balanced, is just they have a guy in Cade Brenner, athlete of the week nominee. Another plug. Um, they have a dude. They have a dude. They and have, they an have a bunch of semi dudes behind him. Right. They have enough like half dudes, and then you have the dude in Brenner who can just flat out take over a game whenever he decides to do it. Usually it's in the fourth quarter. Friday night he was like, "Now nah, we're getting this over with early." Like he set the tone, made the first two baskets, assisted on a three to Cooper Weens, seven nothing. Boom! Warsaw calls timeout. Jim is about to explode. Like that is what sets Northwood apart. Is they have that guy who can make those plays even right at the beginning of the game, and then they play their style. Like they didn't have Brock Bontrager on Friday because he was sick, and then Ian Rosh and JJ Payne both picked up. Three fouls in the first half, so they basically had like no big guys, air quotes, no like six foot five kids or taller. It was Brenner and 
you know, four other guards slash forwards, and he just took over. Like, did not matter that they didn't have their second best player out there in Rosh, you know. So, that was impressive, man. That is that is the team that is ranked number one in 3A. For real. Like, that's, that's them. They're going to be a really tough out against anybody in this in the playoffs. And obviously they gotta their regional's pretty tough though. Their regional's gonna be insane and if they escape that they're gonna probably play either Glenn or Mishawaka Marion in semi state. So like that'd be a fun game too. But we they obviously gotta get there first. But it's not put the cart before the horse. But if they play like how they played Friday buggy before the horse. You said cart. Yes. That's the that's what it is. But we call them bugs out here, don't they? Yeah, whatever. Put the buggy before the horse, the cart before the horse. It's all the same thing. Regardless, if they play like the way they played Friday, they're going to be a really, really, really hard team to beat come March. So, anyway, some other teams from our area that are doing well that you'd like to note, Evan. Yeah, we can note another Goshen team. Northwood's not from Goshen. Elkhart County? We didn't. For some reason, I thought we talked about Goshen. We have not talked about Goshen Right before Northwood. We haven't talked about Goshen yet. No. But anyway, I'll say another Goshen team. When we talk about Goshen. <laughs> Another Elkhart <laughs> County team. Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield. Jinx. Fairfield, all of a sudden. That's sc- now. That school is a uh, basketball juggernaut this season. Derek Heinen, man. He's got him turned around. The Falcons. They're now 10-5. Now 6-1 in the NECC. Playing very, very well. Not going to lie. I've been impressed with them. I mean, it just seems like he's like he's really just turned around the whole culture in less than a season, which usually is pretty, you know, you don't see that happen very often. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that they were just, I mean, they had so much going on last year, only won a couple games. Right. It was literally this week, this this day last week last year, where they fired, or whatever you want to call it, they got rid of Randy Deshaun as head coach, you right. know? And the program was a mess. They were like one and whatever, and you know looked terrible. We're the worst team in our area by far, and now they're ten and five. And like their schedule, like five holy, in a row. Yeah, they've won, they've five, won in five in a row. All of them have been pretty close too. And the Mishawaka and West Noble, those are two pretty quality wins. Amazing comeback for them against West Noble on Friday night. They yeah, were they, down. They were down. All ten going double into digits. The, yep. Caleb Wright, dude. We talked about that in November, you know, all the homeschool kid transfer, you know, coming in and, you know, with his brother, like, how's it going to work? Like, I think we all knew he was a good player, like, but like, it's like been amazing. Like he's actually, you know, a pretty darn good high school basketball player. Like, so it's kind of cool to see that working out, you know, and he's really become growing into a new, like, he's playing so much better now than he was at the beginning of the year. Like you could just see the confidence growing. He's always pretty solid, but these last couple games have been really like, Okay, Caleb Wright's kind of bursting out of the scene, like for Fairfield. Not, I don't, and what that what that means in terms of like, you know, winning a conference or winning a sectional, I don't know. But like, man, he's having a really nice year, and he's put himself in a position to get, you know, go play college basketball potentially at the NAIA level. Goshen College offered him, so I did see that. And you could argue that they could really win the next five or six games. You got Elkar Christian, sure, Busco, Bethany Christian. Those are winnable games. You got Northridge and Central Noble to kind of end it, which I think is really good to have those two teams at the end because, you know, it kind of sets you up for sectional playing good teams like that. Because Northridge is, you know, kind of on a roll now. They've won three games in a row, 
So. I don't want to say don't sleep on him because I jinx people when I say that, but keep an eye out. Keep That's an what eye I said out. last week, I think. Keep an eye out for Northridge. Here they come. But yeah. Anyway, now we can... So, Fairfield, they're going to keep winning. Obviously, whatever happens the rest of the year in the postseason, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they improved so much from last year's, you know, record and what went down that the season is going to be a success no matter what, really. Mm-hmm. So... Congrats to uh, Derek. He's done a stand-up job. Cool guy. Yeah. Young dude. If you had told me at the beginning of the year they were going to win 10 games, I'd have a hard... I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't believe you, but it'd be like, okay, well, where are they going to get their 10 wins, I guess? And and they could win 15. They could win, yeah, at least at this point. And if the sectional draw goes their way, you know, they could be in the final. So, as long as you avoid Central Noble or Eastside, which, you know, put them on the same side, I guess, blind draw gods, right? And Fairfield could easily go into the final in that sectional. Yep, they've all bought in all those players from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. They've been they play hard, so that's that's the biggest recipe. Yep. Another Goshen team, the uh, Goshen Redhawks. The Goshen team. Remember when they were nine and one? Vaguely. That was a good time. <laughs> they had they had uh, they had the game one against Warsaw too. They didn't call the foul against Drew Hogan, and it's all gone downhill since then. Yep, and they lost. The next game to Jimtown, very close, and they have now lost five in a row, unfortunately. Yep. The last two games especially have been pretty rough. I was at both of them. They played well, Mishawaka and Penn on the road, back-to-back days. Uh, the offense was not there against Mishawaka. They had plenty of – I mean, they had, they had plenty of opportunities to score. Um, it's just one of those nights where you don't shoot well, and that's how it goes. It is what it is. But as far as the pin game went, it came out really flat. First of all, I just want to say that pin is ridiculous. Yeah. After watching them, the size and length that they have is hard to match in high school. And, and Marcus Burton. anywhere. And Marcus Burton yeah. is that dude. And he's one of the he is one of the dude. best guards in the area for sure. <laughs> Brenner yeah. is the dude. Marcus Burton is that dude. You know yeah. what I mean? So he makes it look so effortless, and it's he's a good passer, which makes it a lot easier for his six six and six nine uh, guys under the under the hoop to, uh, you know, make layups when he gets them the ball at, mm-hmm. at that perfect spot, which he did multiple times against Goshen. But, yeah, uh, credit to Goshen, though. They were down 22 points in the second quarter. Went on a 10-0 run, cut it to as many as 10 points before halftime. But uh, that kind of it was kind of short-lived in the second half. They couldn't keep that offensive momentum going, and the pin ended up winning by 25. So, But I'm not going to sit here and say – Goshen's not a good team because that would be a lie. Um, a lot of teams go through rough patches. There's still plenty of time for them to pick it up. And there's also uh, plenty of teams on the schedule moving forward that they could beat. So they could start winning some games, get some momentum, some more confidence back heading into the postseason. That's that's really the main piece here for them. Yeah. I'm not saying that this Thursday against Plymouth, if they, if they play it because of the snow, but I'm not saying that's a must win for Goshen, but – it's pretty close to like we need to win one so we could like get back on track here. Like this is the holes dig en- dig enough. The holes deep enough, you know, now that they can start digging out of it. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to keep digging the hole, you know, going deeper I, and I, deeper. I'm glad you're trying to make this analogy work. I don't know. You're, it kind of works because look, you're digging. You're trying to dig out of the hole. Crawl out of the hole. You're you just digged a huge hole for yourself. You dug the hole. You're deep in the hole right now, and they're trying to crawl out of it. Don't use a shovel anymore. Use your hands. But if they lose to Plymouth, then they're just they're still digging. 
and that'll make the crawl out of the hole that much harder. So they need to avoid that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're a bad team. Obviously, Goshen has talent, but they've gone through a stretch now, like four games, like discounting the Warsaw game, four in a row where they haven't made shots. That would be a little concerning to me. Like, everyone's going through a slump at the same time, and that's not great. Um, so, I don't I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what you do to get the confidence back up because for some reason it just feels like that, that last play against Warsaw where they – Hogan drives it, gets fouled. They don't call a foul. Game's over. They lose by one. Like, that just has, I don't know, some sort of, like, emotional, you know, breaking point almost for this team right now. They got to figure it out. You know, I guess it, if you're going to spin zone this, at least they're losing now and not late February going into, you know, March. So, if you're going to go through a losing streak, do it now. You still got a month to figure it out. You know, you're not worried about the NLC title anymore. You're just trying to focus on getting yourself ready to go for March 1st when you're at Northside Gym playing in a sectional. So, yep. And uh, Concord and Northridge, a couple other NLC teams starting to show some life. Concord had won four in a row before their loss to Laporte the other day. But uh, they're, like I said, they're showing some life. Beating Warsaw is a good win. Um, and then you can also look at Northridge winning. They've won three in a row, beat Mishawaka, Plymouth, and Westview. All three of those games were pretty close. And, you know, you look at their schedule moving forward and they can continue winning games, building momentum for the postseason as well. So mm-hmm. we've always were like, oh, is Northridge going to – they going to find their footing here? Are they going to figure it out? Yeah. Well, it seems like they have. They might They might be doing that. So I mean, they were close in a lot of games too. I mean, that, right. North, that Northwood game. They could have beat Northwood. They could have beat Goshen. They could have beat Penn. They took Penn to overtime. They were down 19 and a half and took them to overtime. So – They've had three games there where, like, you flip those and all of a sudden we're talking about Northbridge in a different light, you know? Yep. So, yeah, that, that sectional, each week that sectional up north side gets a little more intriguing, a little more intriguing, you know? So, should be fun. The girls stuff. Girls it's, basketball? It's it's not here. <laughs> did you leave the girls basketball notes back at your desk even though I gave them to you? I sure did. Wow, that's great. Good job, bud. Good job. So, uh, I guess if you want to, you can go try to get them right now. I'll read through 4A, and then you can come back. So, don't make too much noise, otherwise Sheila's going to be upset. So, so yeah. Uh, girls basketball sectionals begin tonight. We're taping this Tuesday at 1.25 p.m. Eastern-ish. And uh, as of now, games are playing going to be played on Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday. If we play Friday, we'll know. Uh, well, obviously a big snowstorm coming through Tuesday or Tuesday night, starting Tuesday night, late Wednesday morning, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. Uh, we have four sectionals that we will be following. Yours truly will be covering the Penn sectional on Tuesday night. We get Goshen at eight and fourteen, and Elkhart eleven and twelve in the first game, and then Northridge nineteen and five, coming off a big win over Plymouth last week, taking Penn sixteen and six. Uh, winner of Goshen Elkhart will play Concord, who's eight and fourteen on Friday night. Warsaw sixteen and six will play the Northridge Penn winner. So uh, the intrasectional records have Northridge at four and one, Warsaw at four and one, Penn at two and one, Goshen two and two, Elkhart one and four, Concord zero oh and four. Uh, Northridge 
Their one loss to was to Warsaw. Warsaw's one loss was to Penn. Penn's one loss was to Northridge. So, following that math will be tricky. And Goshen's two wins in the sectional during the regular season came against Elkhart and Concord, the two teams that they would play if they won Tuesday, and then for obviously they would play Concord on Friday. So, in theory, the bracket sets up uh, kind of nicely for Goshen if they just repeat what they did in the regular season, and they got their best player back this year, this past week, in Tyra Markham. Uh, Evan, you saw Tyra Markham play. You said this past year. This past year. <laughs> they technically got her this year. They didn't have her in 2021 to start the calendar year, or the end of the calendar year. Yeah. Uh, Markham she's came important. back. She's important. Mm-hmm. She's important more than just being on the court. She's also the most enthusiastic player on the bench. Yeah, so she's, she's been the, kind of a leader. She's been a coach all year, basically. Big leader. She scored seven points in the first half. I mean, she didn't come in. Or she didn't start. When she came in, she made an impact right away. Scored nine points on the night. For not having played all year, it's a pretty solid start. Yep. I would be surprised if she does not start the, tonight. I think she's going to start tonight against Elkhart. Goshen beat Elkhart earlier this year, like I said. They, they beat did. Concord 57-52 in overtime back right before Christmas. Uh, Elkhart's gone through, you know, every team's kind of had their own injury COVID issues this year at times. Elkhart's kind of rode that wave a little bit too, but um, should be an intriguing first game. And then obviously Northridge Penn is, you know, very intriguing first game. Mar- marquee <laughs> matchup, um, big time. Uh, two teams that have history with each other. They've played each other every year in the regular season for how many years now? And they've met in the postseason a couple times. And uh, obviously Northridge not having Colleen Miller is huge for them, but they looked good against Plymouth without her. Plymouth's a different beast than Penn. Penn's a different beast from Plymouth, I should say. So we'll see how uh, the Raiders fare without their court leader. But uh, I'm not going to count a Doug Springer team out. I've learned that, you know, anytime I maybe doubt them, they come out and at least they're going to give a game. They're going to give them a game. They might might not win, but they've played Homestead tough every year. The four years I've been here, they always play Penn tough, even if they lose – like, they're going to give North Penn all they can handle. I, I'm not writing off Northridge completely right now just because, you know, they they still have talent. Julia Montsla is still a great player. Eva Fisher is a really good player. Temi Bayless has stepped up now that Miller – and Temi Bayless had a great game starting in place of Colleen Miller last week. Um, you know, they have players on the roster that are still pretty solid players. So they're going to give everything they can handle to Penn. And they have the mental advantage in a sense that they beat them earlier this year. So they know what it takes to beat them. So uh, overall, quality of team-wise, that sectional is probably the best of the four we cover. Because those three at the bottom are really, really good. So we'll see. It's going to be fun to watch. Yes. You'll be at uh, (laughs) Northwood tonight. Little 3A sectional 20. 3A sectional 20, yeah. Roman Smith, by the way, said there will be a nice – Nice hospitality for you tonight. So be on the lookout for food. Be on the lookout for <laughs> hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Yeah, the winner goes to the Gymtown Regional, by yeah. the way, of this. By the way, the winner of the sectional four goes to the Laporte Regional. There you go. The road to the 4A state title this year, like if Northridge is going to go on some miracle run, is absurd. They're going to have to beat every great team like in the state to do it. So it would be amazing. It would be the best story. It would probably be more improbable than the football team to be honest, from Northridge. So, but we'll see. Anyway, 3A, sectional 20. Winner goes to Jimtown. This is Tuesday, Friday, Saturday as well. Everything's Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Just so you know. 
case that hasn't been, you know, reiterated. Barring barring weather postponements, everything is Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Yep, Tippecanoe Valley versus Northwood tonight. So that's uh, that's probably the most lopsided game. It is the most lopsided game. Record-wise, so record it is, at least. Tonight. On paper. 15-7, Tippy Valley versus Northwood, who finished the season at 3-21. and That's Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. That's the first game. And then you have uh, West Noble in Lakeland on Friday at 6 o'clock. West Noble struggled a bit this year, 5-17. and 17. Lakeland was 11-11. 11 and 11. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help that West Noble's best player, Jasmine Smith, just got injured too in the last couple of weeks. Um, don't know the extent of her injury. It sounded like she was going to be kind of a game-time decision for sectionals. Uh, if she plays, she's going to be wearing a brace. That's all I know. So uh, Lakeland beat them twice in the regular season, so – you know, so there you go. Lakeland with Jasmine Smith. So Lakeland will have the will be the favorite in that one on Friday night. So following that game, Wawasee at eleven and eleven will play the winner of the Tippecanoe Valley and Northwood game. That's on Tuesday night. And the winner of game two and game three will meet in the championship on Saturday at seven thirty. Yep. PM mm-hmm. at Northwood. Yep. Wawasee. Yep. They beat all these teams. They did. Four no. They did. Tippy Valley, three and one. Lakeland split, two and two. West Noble, one and four, and Northwood with 0 and three. Yeah. Lakeland's two uh intersectional wins are over West Noble. Wawasee so, beat Tippy Valley recently. They did. The last game of the regular season for Wawasee, they beat them last Tuesday, uh fifty three to forty five. So the Warriors have some momentum rolling into this uh this postseason. But I saw a crazy stat though that like Tippy Valley was like ten and two on the road and like five and five at home, which is crazy. Tippy Valley, they, Wallace beat them at Tippy Valley, so this could be know. a crazy sectional. Lakeland could easily repeat, even there's, though they're not yeah. as strong as they were last year. Yeah, there's no, there's no clear cut favorite in this one. So it's you know it's both good and bad, right? Like none of the teams are outstanding, but none of the teams are like god awful, like a South Bend Career Academy or a Hamilton. You know, Northwood, for all of its, you know, rough stretches this year, like, they still have a couple players where if they figure it out, like, they're going to give everyone a game. Like, you know, they could easily beat Tippy Valley. That wouldn't surprise me, you know. And they've only lost to Wallasee by three. So, if they get to Wallasee in the semifinal, they know they're, they can play with them. And they're on their home court, and that's going to count for something, I think. So, it's going to be interesting. All right. Northwood was in that same spot last year. They had one win going into the sectional, and then they got to the final and almost beat Lakeland in the final. So, right, you never know. It's why they play the games, right? That's what they say. You want to run down the 2A uh, sectional 35 of Fairfield? Sectional 35 in the Class 2A at Fairfield. <laughs> yes. Winner going to the Winnemac Regional. It's a great drive out to Winnemac. You did, did it last year, did didn't it last you? Year. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, scenic yeah. scenic drive through uh, nothing. It's a nice uh, nice gym, nice school. But uh, yeah, we'll run down the schedule here. We have uh, game one on Tuesday night, six o'clock. Bremen finished the year at fourteen nine versus Prairie Heights, eleven and ten. Game two, following that one, Fairfield at nineteen and three will play Laville, ten and twelve. And uh, yeah, the uh, Friday night <laughs> you get the South Bend Career Academy, who was zero twenty. To play uh, the game one winner between Bremen and Prairie Heights on Friday night at six, and then the game two winner between Fairfield and Laville will play after that at seven thirty against six and sixteen Westview. 
this is one of those uh, brackets that was like, oh, blind draw, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then you get the championship game that Saturday night, so the next the next day. So obviously we, you know, we feel pretty good, feel pretty decent about Fairfield being the favorite. I know obviously not having Brooke Sanchez is a killer. They've still been winning games without her. They still have talent without her. Mm-hmm. You know, they could still win the sectional without her, in my opinion, obviously. But uh, Prairie Heights and Bremen, they have a good game. I guess watch out, mm-hmm. you know. You know, Prairie Heights gave uh, Fairfield a battle earlier this year when they were, when Fairfield was at full strength. That was during Fairfield's, like, 9-0 start to the year, uh, their record start. So, you know, don't... I don't, want to, don't sleep on Prairie Heights, uh, but you know Bremen too. They've kind of uh, Bremen kind of rode the roller coaster. They lost to Bethany Christian a couple of weeks ago, but then you know they've come back and had some good. You know their record says they're pretty solid. Obviously fourteen and nine, but uh, yeah, I would be surprised if Fairfield does not win the sectional. I wouldn't be like stunned just because again you lost your second, arguably your second best player in Brooks Sanchez, but you know you the 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 draw is pretty solid all things considered you do have you don't play an above 500 team potentially until the final so uh it works out and you look at the rest of 2a around you it's insane it's like uh i I tweeted it out earlier but the 2a tonight just in 2a you have the number two team in the rankings versus number three team in the ranking and you have the number 16 versus number 18 in the sectionals like obviously you can't control what sectional teams are in and how good they're going to be, you know, in that sense. But, you know, Winchester plays Eastbrook, University plays Cascade in their respective sectional openers. And then number five, Tipton, is also in the sectional with Winchester and Eastbrook, who are two and three so in the rankings. So you have the two second, third, and fifth ranked teams in four, 2A all in one sectional. And then you have Fairfield Children in the 4A. And now if they get through to regional, their regional is tough, but – the regional draw works to where they would play the Bluffton sectional winner, which would be either probably either going to be Eastside, who they lost to obviously once, and Central or Central Noble, who they've beaten, and then you get South Central Union Mills number one, and probably Andrean like number fourteen on the other half of that bracket. So, in theory, it's all in theory. If Fairfield, the bracket sets up really nice for Fairfield to be in the regional final, to potentially to place you know facing a at that point would be an undefeated an undefeated South Central Union Mills team. So in theory that's how it was last year. They should, probably should have beat Bluffton. They probably should have beat Bluffton. But they didn't. So Bluffton has uh, Goshen College freshman Emmy Boots on the roster now. So Boots. Um. Emmy Boots, she actually kinda of balled out against uh Fairfield that if I recall correctly. She had a big game. She was their best player. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, playing collegiately. So, hey, shout out Goshen College this weekend, by the way. Women's basketball won, men's basketball won, men's volleyball picked up a nice win. Samuel Stoner EB won two, broke two school records in men's track, was named the Crossroads League uh, Men's Indoor Track Athlete of the Week. They had a great weekend. The Maple Leafs. They won six events at that track meet, that track invite, too. They're always so good at track and field. Rusted nice, man, building that program up. He has built it. Building the programs. It is cemented. Not yet. They're probably putting the finishing touches on them. Finishing touch. Finishing touches. Um, one more sectional of girls basketball to run through quickly here. 
sectional 51 over at Bethany Christian. The winner goes to the Triton Regional. Uh, game one, Tuesday night, Elkhart Christian Academy, 7-12 versus Lakewood Park Christian, 8-12. Game two winner, Fremont, 6-15 against Bethany Christian, 11-11. Obviously, we're, we're focused on Bethany in the sectional. Uh, Blackhawk Christian, 16-7, will play the ECA LPC winner. And Hamilton gets the Bethany Fremont winner. Uh, championship game Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. So, Blackhawk went 4-0 in the sectional, including a win over Bethany uh, this couple weeks ago on January 13th. So that was when Bethany was at full strength. Uh, the Bruins were 3-1 within the sectional as well. Uh, Fremont, the record is a little misleading. They play in the NECC. He's got some pretty solid teams. Uh, they're a 1A school, obviously, so you got to play teams like Fairfield, Eastside, you know, Central Noble was good this year. Angola was solid. You know, so they, they, their schedule, their record is always kind of a little misleading. You know, they weren't that strong of a record last year, and they beat Bethany Christian. Kind of an upset. You remember, remember that Bethany was 15, 16 wins team last year, and they lost in the first round to Fremont, uh, you know, kind of in an upset. So I think the Bethany players remember that. I don't, I, you know, they could in theory still lose tonight. I think the Bruins will be able to prevail. Uh, they are playing very well. I know they lost to Blackhawk, but their two losses this month are Blackhawk and Fairfield. Like, those are good losses to have, you know. Uh, they're fully healthy. They've had Stolstis back for a month now. Zoe Willems is playing out of her mind still. Um, if they win tonight, they've got a bye game basically into the final against Hamilton, and then you get to play probably Blackhawk Christian, and we'll see what happens. So, on, on their own form. Right. They're playing basketball. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun fun week of sectionals, especially with all the snow coming now. Uh, it's going to be fun trying to see what's, what gets played, what doesn't get played on time. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic our Tuesday, Friday, Saturdays will hold up. We don't have anyone playing Wednesday, which is good. The boys' Wednesday, basketball games Wednesday and Thursday is looking rough. Obviously. Boys' basketball, the, the uh, girls' swimming sectional will, prelims, we'll see on Thursday if they get held or not. I would doubt it. They'll probably move the prelims to Friday and the final Saturday. So, Or they'll do... Um, Prelim Saturday and finals Monday, maybe. Well, I'll play it by ear. So, uh, all right, let's go to our interview with the one and only John Harrell. Uh, he was gracious enough to give us some time earlier today to talk about his website, what he's doing, uh, if, if he ever gets any sleep. That was a good discussion point. So, uh, without further ado, here is the one and only John Harrell. And we now welcome on a very special guest. You have probably used his website to look up a score at some point, a, a record, a head-to-head, anything, anything you kind of really need about high school football or high school basketball in this state. This man's website has it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only John Harrell is joining us. John, how are you this fine afternoon? I'm doing well. That's good to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well. We thank you for uh, joining us. Where, where are you currently at in the world, by the way? Where do you reside? I, I, I live in Bloomington, uh, the West Side, and uh, we've been here for fifty uh, some years. So, uh, wow, it's home to us now. <laughs> that, that's a lot of years, man. That's almost yeah. as many years as Evan and I combined. So you know, yeah, right? <laughs> so I, I, uh, I grew up in Huntington. And mm-hmm. moved down here in 1970. So, uh, mm. well, it's, you, you've got some experience. Let's just say that you're more experienced yeah. than us. So, 
Well, you kind of you kind of answered one of my first questions, John. I was going to say, give a little bit of background about yourself and and how you kind of got to the website that you uh, you have today, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, I moved down here in 1970, and uh, Jeff Sagarin moved to Bloomington in 1977. He won a great uh, high school teams for us. We said great, and uh, but uh, he, he struck out on his first try at. Uh, <laughs> At basketball because there were just so many missing games so uh, he came back three years later and asked again and they asked if I wanted to help and I said yes so we've been rating his, his he's been rating his teams for uh, you know the 40 some years and uh, I've, I've just gone along with it you know we both got home computers in 1984 <laughs> and that, uh, that helped quite a bit on both our ends so uh that's how I got into this. You know, I've I've kept records like that since '84. The first ten years uh, are on another computer that I can't get get you know the records off because uh, everything's out of date by now. <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's you know so all my records go back to '94. I think of boys boys basketball and uh, football. Mm-hmm. Were you- I started I started girls basketball in nineteen and two thousand. Okay, and were you were were you a journalist before then, or how did you? Yeah, yeah. yes, I uh, started at the Herald Press in Huntington uh, my uh, senior year in high school, and worked there four or five years, and then uh, got the call to come down here. And uh, yeah, I, I worked at the the Herald Times newspaper down here for uh, oh boy, uh, thirty years to about uh, I retired in twenty eleven. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten years ago, I retired. <laughs> you've re- you've retired and done more work since you retired, probably. So, <laughs> uh, yes, I, uh, I, I was doing this before, but it was only you know after work uh, situations, and the next morning, and, and just updating all the time. But uh, you know, in the evenings when I worked, why well, I had very little chance of updating. Mm-hmm. So, John, when did you uh, first create the website that you have now? had a computer <laughs> or access to one so nobody was watching it um, uh, Jim Russell of the IHSAA uh, actually linked uh, my site to the IHSAA site and that's how people got to know me a little better and uh, they could find me at least what went into the creation of it in your mind like uh, how did it how did it evolve uh, well, yeah I had all these records and I and I saw another guy uh you probably know him, Earl Mishler. Yeah, yeah, he's from started, our area. He started yep. one up there, and I said, well, I could be, do that too on a statewide basis, and that's how I got started. And uh, it, it just grew from there, you know, it slowly, <laughs> slowly grown, but it keeps growing. Mm-hmm. What did it uh, start with? Did it start with just boys basketball? Because I know you do, obviously, football and both boys yeah, and girls basketball. Yeah, I think that started with boys basketball, uh, and then... Uh, you know, the next fall it became uh, football too. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're both listed maybe in '84 or '85. Well, that's when I got. It. But but the whole I also started uh, girls basketball when I started uh, the website. So that would have been about 2000 2001 season. Mm-hmm. What made you want to get into football as well? Was it just the demand? Well, yeah, those are the big sports, you know, right. and. Uh, 
football team since uh, since 1980, 1977. So, you know, it was just uh, a natural move over to football too. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of people wanted that that information as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, how long did it take you to build up the site initially? Like there's a lot of <laughs> records and a lot of teams and, yeah. you know, like how long does that take? That that happened over a lot of years, over a lot of time. You know, I, it was very uh, uh, limited the, the early years. You know, I just had maybe uh, team pages and conference standings that started like that. And this other stuff is just added to uh, – I remember one guy saying he didn't think much of my sketch, much of my website until I came in with uh, capsules of the uh, <laughs> upcoming games, and he said that really improved it. Yeah, so that, that that came on later. You know, a lot a lot of a lot of stuff has built up. Co- coaches' records. I got coaches from records from a basketball uh, digest and football digest, and uh, threw those in there too. You know. So I I never had those before, so it's 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 grown quite a bit. Mm. As far as the website goes, at the beginning with the following, were you happy with the following, or has it just like continuously grown over time? Or from the beginning, there's a good following there for you? Yeah, at the, at the beginning there wasn't, and and uh, at at the start I was mainly interested in in reaching uh, the media. You know, I. I the fans didn't, you know, make sense. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think they would like it, you know. But it was mainly a media post. It was a failed attempt at my own uh, wire service, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate it. Trust me, as media, it's like the godsend. Like I said in our email, I think to you, I'm like, this is like the best website ever. I have no idea what I would do, you know, without it. Yeah. He's like, you know, we can keep track of the teams we cover up here, but a lot of times, you know, we're not really fully aware of the teams, you know, outside of our coverage area down south. So it's nice to be able to look at records and and who they played right. and things like that, and knowing, you know, it's, oh, it's all on one site. Let's go to Harold and see what we can find. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like I said, uh, it's a media site, and uh, I, I notice now uh, a lot of things where people say, "Well, we won the conference or tied for the conference," and they wouldn't have that without me, probably. That's so <laughs> that's nice to see when someone brings that up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got so take me through like a normal Friday night, I guess. What does it look like for you and your little setup? Yeah. Is football, maybe a football Friday night versus a basketball Friday night. Well, football Friday night is, is a lot of fun. You know, I, <laughs> I know I'm going to, I, I know I'm going to get all the scores, you know, mm-hmm. and I do, uh, I chase them down at the end of the night. Uh, basketball, I got to start out with a list of, uh, girls and boys teams, uh, are, are playing tonight, you know, and uh, they're playing girls, boys, double headers, you know. So you, so you, you're going to get two scores from uh, East Noble and, and DeKalb, let's say, mm-hmm. and they will, uh, and you got to make sure you, you get the right one on the right side. So, <laughs> so you, you got to keep, and you know, I'll have uh, 30, 40, 50 girls, boys, double headers on some Friday night. So I, mm-hmm. I make sure uh, I keep those separate, you know. Good. And that's that's the tough part at, at the start of the night, mm-hmm. and you 
know, there, there are times, you know, when it's almost like I, I won't, uh, I can't keep up, but, <laughs> but I do. Say, and, do. Does your does your phone ever stop going off? Like, oh no, it's, it's I get. I'm sorry, I, I get all these scores off Twitter. Yeah, you know, right. I, I I only get about a half dozen scores emailed to me, and I'll get maybe a half dozen scores I don't have on my uh, message boards. But uh, other than that, I get the the rest off Twitter. You know, I'll go to Max Preps and get a half dozen scores too. But. Uh, uh, most of them I get off Twitter, you know, the media out there, mm-hmm. athletic directors out there, they're all uh, tweeting out their scores. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the evening, I'll have a, a couple dozen scores I don't have, a couple, couple, couple dozen games I don't have, and I'll uh, I'll tweet out a list and people mm-hmm. will send me back the scores. So that's, yeah. So uh, if, if you... Uh, there's a lot yeah. of... A lot, of, a lot of help. I get an awful lot of help from everybody. Do you, are you the only one putting up the scores on the site, or do you have other people helping you get and put scores in the site? No, it's just me. Crazy. <laughs> man operation, yeah. I uh, mean, we'll, we'll gladly help, man. If you want to spend us, like, 20 bucks or something, we'll get the scores on the yeah. on the site. <laughs> so, like, if, if games start ending, let's say, at the earliest, 9 p.m. Eastern, like, when do you go to bed? Like, when is it done? Oh, it's not bad. You know, it's midnight on the bad nights. I'm in bed by midnight almost every night. Uh, I watched the first half hour of uh, Fallon, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, go to bed then. You know, I usually updated everything uh, by 1130. Mm -hmm. And uh, tonight will be fun. You know, I'll have probably all the girls scores within minutes after after their games. So... uh, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be bad at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty pretty sure that I know the answer to this one, but uh, which one is easier for you, uh, football or basketball? Oh, it's definitely uh, football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the games are a Friday night. You're not working all week long. In mm-hmm. fact, most of uh, football week week weekdays I've spent are spent in, on uh, updating the upcoming basketball schedule. So. <laughs> Yeah. So fo- football is no problem, you know. They'll have a smattering of games Saturday. If they have a rain out for some reason uh, on Friday night, they have to be played Saturday or they don't get played. So I'm not chasing down uh, a, a rescheduled dates ever. So mm-hmm. it's pretty simple, really. And there there are only three 300 teams compared to 400 in basketball right. or 800 if you count <laughs> yeah. boys and girls. Right. Yeah, so we, we threw out on Twitter, like, hey, if you have any questions for John, uh, you know, reply to us. So uh, we had one from an area referee up here. I kind of skipped. Uh, Evan can ask the other question. I'm asking I'm asking his question on accident. I'm sorry. But uh, we have a whole rundown of questions here. Uh, the one was one was from the referee in their area, Jimmy Arnett. He act, you kind of already answered this question, but he asked, you know, with all the data that you manage, when do you sleep? So uh, when, when do you sleep? Oh, well, believe it or not. You know, like I said, I go to bed at 12, and I don't sleep very, very good. (laughs) But but I'll get up at 9, you know, and uh, I'll take a nap. There you go. In the afternoon. I always always wind up with a nap in the afternoon. Oh, man, I'm jealous. uh, (laughs) So uh, that that gets me ready for the evening. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much when I sleep, yeah. (laughs) That's good to know. You said there was a, a, a question from a ref. Yeah, he was a referee. He wanted to know when you slept, so... Oh, okay. Well, I, I also want to talk about officials even uh, 
site from time to time, they'll say, well, that game's going to be played at the other site, you know, mm-hmm. the other gym. And they'll say the time is such and such, you know, because they, they uh, look at my site, you know, see if uh, we're both on the same page. And occasionally they also look at my prediction. I was going to say. They want to know whether it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> yeah. How Nobody likes blowouts, you know. How often do you get an angry email from someone being like, hey, oh. you predicted such and such? Almost never on email. Uh, Twitter, they'll put up some <laughs> things and just to uh, kid me, mainly. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, your your predictions are used as motivation. I hope you know that, right? Like they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, half half the time, you know, we just had Northridge football make state, and I think half the time it was like, hey, we got to prove John Harrell wrong. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I just threw that in there just to liven up everything, yeah. and uh, and. Uh, no, you you uh, are right more times than not, but it's just you know when you're wrong, people yeah. love to let you know you're wrong. Oh, so yeah, yeah. But the ones I kind of like are the the games where I, I've got a, a sixty point difference and I get pretty pretty darn close to those. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of those up here, so it's it is what it is. But the close games I'll look miss, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> right. Those others I, I I'm fairly close on the spread and the score. Mm-hmm. Do you keep your percentage uh, wins and losses for yourself? No, I don't. I might during the tournament. I'll probably start doing that during the tournament, but not uh, during the regular season. <laughs> I'd love to know what your prediction percentage would be. Like, yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. fun to think about. Uh, yeah. And then we had a, another Twitter follower, Andy Elam, ask if he could be one of your assistants. I know that you said you don't really get any help, but have you thought about uh, getting any help at any point? Uh, no. Yeah, Andy will be disappointed now. So yeah, <laughs> he'll be like, he, I think he said you're on the Mount Rushmore of just like life or something. I don't know. He just said you're just on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, what what kind of uh, website? This is another question from a from a Twitter follower, Chip Davenport, who's a kind of a journalist guy up here for us. He asked, um, what kind of software do you use for your website? Like, how do you get all the scores in and things like that? Yeah. I use Microsoft Excel and uh, throw all the scores, schedules mm-hmm. in there, all my team names, everything, uh, coaches' records, and uh, even uh, conference affiliations and uh, 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 sectional, right? Sectional sites and everything, and I'll just run a series of macros which will uh, update all my pages. Hmm. It's interesting. So it, yeah. And uh, we got to get you out on this last one, John, because uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, but uh, your, your thoughts on the blind draw, given you are, you have all the Sagarin <laughs> ratings right there on your website as well. So Yeah. I, uh, I've always liked the blind draw. I, I do not like it when the two best teams play each other off the bat. Thank you. But, would be in my uh, opinion all the favorites would be 
even more favored, you know, mm-hmm. even better chance to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get it, but you know, there's a there's literally a ranking system right out there that everyone could look at on JohnHarrell.net, you know, and right. uh, <laughs> they could use a, you know, we got that yeah. up here tonight. We got the Northridge Penn game to start the girls, and then the winner gets Warsaw. So the three best teams are all on the same side of the bracket. Oh, wow. So yeah. you know, and then Goshen, Concord, Elkhart, who have struggled all year, you know, at times yeah. they're on the other half. So. Uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. So yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not opposed to a seeded draw, except that it does favor the better teams because they they have, you know, if an eighteen sectional team one plays team eight, you know, so right, yeah. poor team eight would never, probably never win a game again because they every year <laughs> they be against team one. Yeah. Occasionally, right. occasionally, it's a blind draw. They get team seven, so they they have a chance to win. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, John, good luck trying to keep track of all the cancellations in the next couple days because I know we're going to get a bunch of snow, and uh, yeah. especially up here in the northern half of the state. Uh, Evan, do you got any parting questions for uh, John before we let him go? I don't think so. Uh, appreciate the John, the John. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate the time, John. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it's good to Thank get you. good to get the insight from you. We really enjoyed talking to you, and thanks again. And uh, like I said, we're going to be abusing your website here for the next couple weeks again. And then, uh, and then you go into hibernation, like when the boys' tournament ends. Like, what do you do from April to August? Well, people start sending me schedules. I'll, I'll finish up my football schedule pretty quickly. I think. Mm-hmm. You ever uh, you ever thought about uh, expanding I, I, the empire, like I, baseball or? People have asked me to do, you know, baseball, softball, volleyball, and oh, just getting the schedules are, are killer. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't think I would ever do that. But uh, of those three, volleyball would easily be the easiest because it's. Uh, there are no rainouts in volleyball, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> well, indoors you... and it's, uh, you know, still summer, summerish when they're playing. And uh, it, baseball and softball would be impossible with all the rainouts. Oh, yeah. On, on the horn to athletic directors <laughs> around the clock. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we look forward to You would need more staff, obviously, you know, if you were going to do that. Yeah. So we, we would gladly help. Um, John, appreciate it as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really, really had a good time talking to you. And uh, thanks for uh, being so, so accommodating to us as answering all of our uh, hard, pressing journalism questions, you know. so No, no problem. All right, well, that, that, that'll wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I want to thank John Harrell again uh, for coming on. We'll be back next week to recap uh, where John was wrong in his predictions and more. So uh, we'll, we'll be back next week.